Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, Tech fans, and welcome into episode 171 of the Tech Sideline podcast, originating from TSL's High Tech Studios in the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. On today's show, it's a special one. It's the best time of the year. The NCAA tournament is back, and Virginia Tech is going dancing for the fourth consecutive NCAA tournament. Can the Hokies make a run? They open against Florida. We break it all down here on today's podcast. Plus, Virginia Tech women's basketball, as we record on Monday, March 15th. Hope to hear their name called in today's NCAA tournament selection show on Monday night. We'll talk about the women's basketball team. Wrestling begins the NCAA championships this week. Softball and baseball with news this weekend. All that and more coming up. Episode 171 of the Tech Sideline podcast that gets started right now. Whether you are watching live or archived on YouTube, listening on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on Stitcher, we are so glad you could join us as we record on Monday morning, March 15th. Our crew today, as always, to my left, our managing editor here at Tech Sideline, Chris Coleman. Across the way, our founder and general manager, Will Stewart, as we just celebrated 25 years last week here at TSL. Behind the scenes, the best podcast producer in the land. He is Malcolm Stewart, and I'm your podcast host, Evan Hughes. It's great to have you all with us. We have our YouTube live chat up and going. A lot of tech news to get through today. If you have a question for Chris or for Will, go ahead and put it in the chat. We will get to those at the end of the show. And hey, Will, if you're watching on YouTube right now, it's a great way to consume the Tech Sideline podcast live or archived. What should you do right now? Take your right finger and click like. And take your left finger and click subscribe. Look at this broken left finger, man. <laughs> oh, I forgot just, about that. Yeah, yeah, I broke it in uh, in that. Oh yeah. When when the Miata got run over by a giant pickup Do you truck. St- does it still like take you by surprise sometimes when you look at it? Because uh, because just, you spent fifty some years of your life with a normal looking finger, and now all of a sudden it's I just not. I just hate it because it's got an old man look to it. You know, <laughs> I'm right handed, and I would have thought that most of the pointing I do is with my right index finger, but I actually point a lot with the left index finger. And then you look at it, you see it, and you're like, oh. and I see it, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go watch. Matlock next. <laughs> <laughs> little Simpsons reference for you there. Tech Sideline Podcast is presented by Campus Emporium, the Southeast Regional Training Center, NCAA Championships this week. Big week for Virginia Tech Wrestling. Find out how you can get involved in the program today by going to southeastrtc.com. Also presented by DraftKings. Draft They're going Kings. to be with us for the next five weeks here at Tech Sideline. Yes, DraftKings will be sponsoring the Tech Sideline Podcast for the next five weeks. And uh, so... Stick around. We're going to do an ad read and have a, a special code, promo code, and offer from DraftKings right before we go to the break about the middle of the show. 
as well as Anytime Fitness. Each new member gets a free fitness consultation and a program is designed. Now through your first billing period, sign up for a dollar in your first billing period. Call 540-951-1340. That number again, 540-951-1340. Ask for Tyler and tell him that Tech Sideline sent you. Now, be careful with the gambling. I will tell you a story from earlier this year. Okay. Uh, I bet on a Premier League game. I bet Manchester United, who's in second place in the Premier League. And the way the Premier League's going this year, it's Manchester City first by a mile, Manchester United second by a mile, and then kind of everybody else, right? So they were playing Sheffield United, who was dead last and had won one game all year. (laughs) So I'm like, straight up, Manchester United is going to win. Wasn't a huge payout, but, you know, it would have been a nice chunk of change, right? So I bet on Manchester United. Not only did they not... You know, they, 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 they didn't even – I mean, Sheffield United can barely score this year, and yet somehow they beat Manchester United 2-1 to one for their second win of the entire year. Oh, and this was in January. So o- over half the season had been played at this point to let you know how bad Sheffield United is. So that's, that's the one time I bet on soccer this year. And it was the completely the correct bet. Was Manchester <laughs> winning at, at – uh, what do they call it in soccer, the intermission? At the at the midpoint, I don't remember. I bet on I bet on two games in a row. I bet on one that did win. So then, I, what I thought was neat about that, I remember sitting in the office that day while he was doing that. Um, one of his bets, his team was winning at halftime, and they texted him or emailed him or, or notified him through the app, and they said it's halftime. Your team's winning. You can take the victory now right. for a reduced payout, or you can wait and see how the whole thing turns. Right. That that was actually the game that I did win. So, uh, so if you if you're old school and well, here we are promoting DraftKings. So let's just do it. We're not going to do the ad read yet, but let's talk about it because I think it's interesting. If you're old school and and you think betting is just placing a bet and waiting to see what happens, the apps that they've created are much more interactive than that, and there are so many more options for just betting throughout a game. So uh, give it a try. No, it's uh, it's certainly I feel like the last year or so too with the the gambling laws changing too in the state it's becoming more and more popular. I think I mean Malcolm can attest to it. Um, I don't partake, but the amount of my friends that are interested in just betting and money line and covering I mean it's like all college kids do is just bet seriously. Yeah, they, all they, my they, friends they bet do a lot. It. Yeah, yeah, so they sure do. I, I can't wait for the casino to open in Dan Vegas. In Dan we've Vegas. we've, all, we've <laughs> always called it Dan Vegas, and now I figured out we all knew that was coming. <laughs> That's funny because a friend of mine calls ago. Radford Rad Vegas. Well, Radford's not going to get a casino. <laughs> well, they got a brewery though. <laughs> oh, Radford got a brewery. Yeah. What a busy show we have today. It is the best time of the year. The thing that is stuck in my head right now is the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We'll hear it a bunch in the next like two weeks, but we've waited two years as sports fan for the NCAA tournament to return. It is back. The Hokies are playing in their fourth consecutive NCAA tournament, a program record. We'll talk about it all today. The Hokies is a 10 seed. We'll play the 7th seed, Florida, in the South region. It got announced late on Sunday night. It's a 12-15 tip on Friday on CBS with Jim Nance on the call. So and we Bill have the, Raftery. Yes, we have the A-team on the call. Very excited what about I, that. What I like is it's the very first game of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Well, with the exception of those play-in games, which I don't think should even exist. But... So it, it's interesting that the NCAA tournament usually starts on Thursday, and this year it's starting on Friday. Yep. yep. Yeah. And that means we're going to have 
second round action on Monday of next week. So when we yeah. do the podcast next week, we'll have games to as soon as the podcast is over, there's going to be more games on. Wow. So yep. um so we'll talk about the entire matchup. We'll talk about Florida. We'll talk about Ohio State playing Oral Roberts in the two fifteen matchup. Hokies would if they win would likely play Ohio State in the round of thirty two. We'll discuss that. But before we get into the actual tournament, I want to focus on this Virginia Tech team. Preseason pick to finish 11th of 15 in the ACC, year number two under Coach Mike Young. They, Keve Aluma, eligible for the first time this year. Cartier Jada, the transfer of Kansas State, we didn't know about. Guys, you remember, we didn't even officially get to do a, a basketball preview podcast just because there was so much going on with the football season. Right. We didn't know a lot, and then Will... This team goes out and beats Villanova, makes a name for themselves. They finished third in the regular season in the conference. Just how impressed have you been with this team this year making it to the NCAA tournament? So I'll answer this way. I will admit that as the season went on, uh, I remember one year, I don't remember what year this was, but it was two or three or four games into the ACC season, and Tech won like their first two or three games and there was a there was a day where they were at the top of the ACC standings actually it may have been when they were one and oh so I go to ESPN and there's tech at the top of the ACC standings. so I screen capped it and I said enjoy it while it lasts now this is sometime in the past because I knew it wouldn't last um, I kind of had that feeling a lot of the season this year where tech got up into the top three in the ACC and I thought that's eh, cool, but I don't know how long that'll last. And the answer is it lasted weeks and weeks and weeks. And one of the, uh, I think, more interesting stats come out of the last few weeks is Virginia Tech has been in the AP poll for 14 weeks this year. That's the third most in program history. There were a couple of years where Tech was in every single poll. It was Buzz's Sweet 16 year they were yep. in every single poll. And the 06-07 season, I believe, Oh, that, uh, I can't remember. No, nah, nah, it couldn't have been 06, 07. It, oh, uh, it was 95, 96, yeah. yes, where they were in every. So they were in like 18 polls and 20 polls, and it was 100%. This year it's 14 polls, and that's the third most in program history. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of – I'll bet that's the, uh, the stat that sticks with me. So you ask yourself, man, how, how did this – because I thought 11th, uh, I think they'll do better than that, but, but why not be in third? Um, and it, to me it was – Aluma's offensive capability. It was Justin Mutz being a way better player than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first probably two-thirds of the season, it was Hunter Couture taking a big step up. He's kind of leveled out since since COVID started. Taking uh, charges throughout the majority of the year, right? Yes, and he hasn't taken a charge since COVID started. Up, <laughs> That's right, he hasn't. Um, you know, and I could probably name some other things, but uh, just guys being better. And, and at this point, I'm, I'm willing to admit that Mike Young is a better coach than I thought. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed. I've told you guys before that the the moment where I realized that Buzz Williams was an, was an elite coach was when he lost Justin Robinson, and two games later he had restructured his entire offense, and and they closed out the season. So strong. you basically didn't realize it till right at the end of. His no, I knew he was career. good, but well, but I, I don't throw the word elite around. I think Buzz is elite. I knew it when he changed defensive schemes in the middle of the season. Yeah, and I remember uh, that uh, you uh, and I having that conversation. One was the year before. That was the year before. Yeah. Um, his next to last season, and we just we couldn't play a lick of defense. Yeah. So we changed to something, quite frankly, that resembled the pack line in the middle of the season. Yeah. Which is extremely difficult. 
I'm not going to say it's as difficult as like switching from a three-man front to a four-man front in the middle of football season because it's not. But uh, that's actually downright impossible just about. But it's still one heck of a piece of coaching to do that in the middle of a season like that. But, but enough anyway, about Buzz. Yeah. Um, th- this is the year that I really started to think, man, Mike, Mike Young is – He's a really, really good coach. Not just good, but really good. And depending upon what happens in the coming years, I may toggle him from really good to elite. Chris, preseason 11th of 15, what surprised you about this Virginia Tech team this year? How are they an NCAA tournament team? What surprised you from November to now? Aluma scoring uh, is basically what surprised me. I thought he'd be a good defender. I thought he'd be a good rebounder. I didn't think there would be games where he'd be scoring 25 or 30 points like we saw several times. Um, there was nothing to indicate that he was capable of that from his two years at Wofford. But, you know, I, I think, you know, Mike Young, his player development has been quite good uh, throughout not only the course of his Virginia Tech career, but obviously with the course of his uh, Wofford career as well. So players develop under Mike Young. I think, uh, I think that's the big thing. Um, and also, I didn't quite, I didn't know exactly what Tech would get out of uh, out of Mutz. Um, I thought he would help. I thought he would certainly play a lot, but I didn't think he would be Virginia Tech's starting power forward every single game of the season. I actually thought they'd get more out of Cordell Pimsel than they would Justin because Pimsel was coming from a great program. I thought, you know, Aluma was the four at, at Wofford, and I thought he would probably start at four with maybe either Ojiako or Pimsel starting at five. Um, so that was a uh, little bit of a surprise to me that Mutz was able to come in there in the preseason and just make that spot his own just like that. And he's a guy that kept getting better too. Like his best game was his last game. And yeah. those, are some bi- <laughs> those are some big dudes he was going up against against uh, UNC. Uh, you know, ideally – you know, if you if Virginia Tech hadn't been on COVID pause, you know they they might have won that game because they, they they they've played they played forty minutes of basketball twice over the course of over a month. Yeah, and you can't simulate that in practice, or at least especially when you can't simulate playing against four six ten guys. Yeah, it, it, you know, yeah. at a high level in practice, so that they could they could have won that game if they had if they'd had a little been a little little more uh in rhythm in rhythm uh if they had been playing if they were in complete basketball shape etc cetera, etc cetera. we'll get to the ACC tournament in just a moment because you're right Justin Mutz I mean really <laughs> is carried a fair word to say for the ACC tournament carry tech offensively it felt like at times um, and Radford. Radford had a good game too yeah we'll yeah. get to that in just a moment I, I want to point out one thing too I remember the beginning of the season and I brought up Cartier Jean I want to bring him up again just because it felt like he was the the top off-season acquisition, right? Aluma was already in the program, had to redshirt last year from sitting out, and this elite scorer from Kansas State, graduate student, I think all of us on the outside were thinking, here's a guy who you might be able to you know, put Beatty on the floor with Jada, and of course, he really only played for the first month of the year mm-hmm. and then hasn't been, been playing since. So for me, I've just been impressed with the the guard development of this team and the fact that, I mean, let's bring up Hunter Couture because he did play a major role in the regular season, even though he struggled after the COVID pause. Um, His ability to play the backup point guard role on this team as a traditional two, in my opinion, I think is one of the 
major stories that might not get talked about enough with this team. And I, and I think, you know, we, we had heard our guy GC Hokie 34 say that you, 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 the system is really the point guard. And I thought the way that Hunter Couture played at point guard kind of proved that out. He's not your typical uh, – How do you know off the top of your head how tall he is? 6'3". I mean, he's a combo guard. Yeah. Uh, he's a shooting guard who can play point. But quite frankly, so is Malcolm Delaney. Malcolm Delaney was a shooting guard. Yeah. Who could but play but point. Couture's not a guy who can take it to the rim. We thought Jada was going to be that guy when they needed it. And, and he and he was in the three or four <laughs> games that he <laughs> that, played. That he was here, yeah. yeah. But 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 that that's all. That's another thing I'll remember is Couture was able to be effective at point because really the system kind of – uh, is, is it's a different kind of system as far as that goes. Yeah, and I'm we'll we'll never know if this is true or not, but I, I sort of think losing Jada might have been for the best. I mean, addition by subtraction. Well, no, what I mean by that, I like he seemed like a nice kid. Right. I've got nothing against him personally, but the fact of the matter is, he was a you know a grad transfer point guard learning a brand new system. So it's in Mike Young's system is so so unique in terms of the number of actions. You saw it early in the season, like he Jada could get his buckets himself, but the offense just itself ran much more smoothly with Beatty at point guard, who had experience in the system. So we don't know how long it would have taken Jada to actually get up to speed within the tech offense and everything like that. And would that have cost tech games? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I think he's a good player and everything. But I, I'm not – Tech's got to be careful about who they take from a, from a grad transfer standpoint. Can we it, segue it, now? Yeah. <laughs> Which we will get to. We will get – and that's one thing I forgot about in the top of the uh, top of the broadcast uh, – or the podcast today opening. Uh, we will spend a, a great deal of time talking about the newest member of the Hokies and uh, graduate transfer point guard, Storm Murphy. Um, but quickly, I do want to talk about the NCAA tournament, which we'll get to in just a moment. We'll preview Florida. Last thing, quickly, Hokies lose in the ACC tournament to North Carolina. Uh, you mentioned it, Chris. It was a physical game, 81-73 the final. Mutz with 24-8. and eight. Radford with 20-6. and six. Quickly, because I don't want to spend a ton of time debriefing with that game, but are there any concerns you take away from that loss that is concerning moving into the NCAA tournament? Hmm, that that's a good question. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, Aluma didn't shoot well, uh, but I'm not concerned about that moving forward. Um, I think, I, you know, I'd still like to see more out of Hunter Couture. I think he's a big key. Yeah, um, he's got to get off this night. Yeah, Couture. Uh, so ever because, since, because uh, I don't think we're going to see Jalen Cohn again. Right. Yeah, and, and if we do, we're not going to see an effective Jalen Cohn. And, and, and right, right, and right now, we're in an elimination game, right? Yeah. Unless you're 100% convinced that Jalen Cohn can be effective, you don't put him out there. Right. Because, you know, five or ten minutes of bad basketball from one player like that can get you eliminated. I mean, the line opened in Vegas yesterday for this game, and it was a pick 'em. Right? Yeah. So you want to make sure that the guys you put out there are ready. So I, for to your point, I don't know how many minutes Joe Bamisil played, but Joe was put inserted into the game, and he was lost on defense. Mm-hmm. So you got to pull the plug on that very quickly. Uh, now, the other thing I am concerned about in the NCAA tournament, um, uh, and, and I, I need to be careful how I phrase this, uh, I actually got a little upset with Wabisa Beatty the other day. Um, not that he drove to the middle and got his shot blocked or he drove in the middle and he missed, but there was, there was I remember there was one instant where he looped around from the top of the key and he had a path to the basket. 
And I think Billis called him out on it. He pulled up short and passed it back outside. And, and Billis basically said, what is he doing? He had a layup. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, – and we've had this discussion so many I don't, times. I don't, I don't understand why people are still mad at Beatty for not being a good offensive player. Well, what was different <laughs> for me was I've never been mad at him for not being a good offensive player until I saw him – not be aggressive and go to the basket. He's again. All, but he hadn't been that he hadn't been aggressive since he was a sophomore. Yeah, no. So I mean, it's like getting mad at oh, I don't know, a slow wide receiver for not catching a bunch of deep bombs. It's just not who he is as a player. You got to accept it. But, at but this the question point. was not the question was not who are you mad at. The question was what are you worried about? Yeah. Sure, <laughs> correct, and, move, <laughs> and, that, and fair enough. Yeah. So all right, let's go ahead and talk about it. Here we go. Um, and and real quick, I know you mentioned off the top, but. Four consecutive NCAA tournaments. I know we said last week you, there might be an asterisk next to it, but technically, again, it does go down as a Virginia Tech record because the NCAA tournament was not played last year. Nothing can count from that. Either way, it's a Virginia Tech record, four out of five, four out of four, yep. whatever you want to look at. Right? So yeah. um, just real quickly, big picture, and then I promise we'll get into Florida and talk about the Gators. and talk. We, we will spend a lot of time, but... Um, Virginia Tech, for a long period of time, has been a football school, and it, it, it is what the fans gravitate to first, clearly, because of what Coach Beamer and the legacy. I, I get all that, but um, just the last five, even let's just say six years, right, because the program was being built six years ago. Chris, I'll start with you. I mean, what has it been like to cover Virginia Tech men's basketball the last six years and see this program elevate to new heights? Much more fun, Evan. You know, the, the the first year we got a press pass is when the football program dropped from 10 wins to six wins, right? Yeah. And it was also the first year we had a press uh, press pass for basketball was uh, James Johnson's first year. So basically the football program dropped off the map and then the basketball program completely collapsed. As see, as see we Jim, got... Jim Weaver always behaved as if giving TSL press access would bring about the end of the world, and, and it, it kind of did. It kind of did from a wins-loss perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, but uh, you take out those first two years of James Johnson, and I was able to you know, cover the Buzz Williams era and be at pretty much every single home game and sit in the same room is that man so many different times and i'll always say that he's the most unique person i've ever met in my entire life so from that standpoint i'm really glad i got the opportunity to cover it and uh and then obviously uh i wasn't in a room with mike young at all this year i except for one time when i saw him at uh Kroger, right? No, not Kroger. Oh. Uh, Jersey Mike's. <laughs> That's the only time. He likes Jersey Mike's. He sounds like a Mike Young fan. He loves him some Jersey Mike's. But, uh, it's a great spot. I uh, I look forward to getting back in there. What, what, what I missed, what I did like about having a press pass over the last however many years is is picking up on guys' personalities and things like that. Like, like my favorite Virginia Tech athletes over the last, well, since we got a press pass, have been basketball players because I have a better understanding of their personalities because I've just been around them. You're not around football players, right? Football football press conferences, and this isn't a Justin Fuente thing necessarily. Uh, it's just the nature of the beast. There's more media attention in football than there is in, in basketball. So yeah, I get a chance to talk to basketball players one-on-one and just simply because there's just not that many other pe- – uh, 
There's hardly anybody else there covering it. Well, and, and, and even under Frank, the, the majority of the, the post-game press conferences were football players sitting behind a table while a room interviewed them. Uh, and basketball is different, right? Don't you walk into the room and you can kind of walk from player to player? Is that how it works? Yeah. In the players' yeah. lounge is how they do it a lot of times. Yeah, so it's much more relaxed. Right, right, right. They'd have like three players in there, and everybody else is going over here to interview Justin Robinson. Ahmed Hill's sitting over here on a couch by himself. I go talk to Med one-on-one, and then I trade, and then all the media goes to talk to Med, and then I go talk to Justin Robinson one-on-one. So you can have one-on-one conversations like if you play it right yeah. as a media member. But at any rate, so – being around guys and getting to know their personalities and everything is, is what I've really enjoyed. And like my favorite tech athletes of the last decade have been, you know, Justin Robinson, Ahmed Hill, Tyrese Radford, people like that, because yeah. I've gotten to know them better than you, you get the opportunity to know football players. Well, I want to ask you this question from kind of a 10,000 foot perspective. I mentioned that, you know, Virginia tech, a large portion of his fans, you know, football will forever be, what this university is about, right? Because of all the success it's had. How do you think the fan base over the last six years has grown to love Virginia Tech basketball even more than they already did? Let's start from like 2016 on. How have you seen it from a fan base perspective? I think that the progress has been incremental. Um, I don't, hmm, that, that's a good question. So let me figure out how to answer this. Uh, I go back to the Sweet 16 appearance against Duke. And we've seen some intense games in Castle Coliseum. but And, and Tex won some big games in Castle Coliseum. They've beaten number one teams, top five teams. But that atmosphere in the uh, – what do they call the arena now? Time War? No. I want to call it the Cap Center, but that's not what it is. But, but that, that atmosphere in there was big time that day. Um, and, and I knew I was seeing people that otherwise didn't go to tech basketball games because it was up in Northern Virginia. Very few Northern Virginia fans make tech basketball games, and that's understandable, you know. Um, I'm not really answering your question. Uh, I, I, I feel like there's been incremental progress, um, but you go back to the Seth Greenberg days, and, and Castle was filled to capacity every single game. And, and it wasn't even that way when, when Buzz was having his most success. But there are other factors that affect that kind of thing. Um, it's a reason really, we don't need a 10,000-seat arena. Right? And, and that, I agree. And that's about a whole 8, other topic, yeah. uh, and, and that's kind of worth a podcast in and of itself, as we always say. But um, I do like that this is four straight NCAA tournaments now where if you're a Virginia Tech fan, even a peripheral one, you you get to fill out a bracket with Tech's name in it. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of the process. And the Sweet 16 was a step, and then the daggone coach left. You know, so I think um, whatever you've seen so far, you will see it grow exponentially if an ACC championship happens mm -hmm. or an Elite Eight or a Final Four happens. And I witnessed this watching, you know, again, uh, Sports War owns TechSideline.com and the Sabre.com, a UVA website. And, you know, UVA has a long basketball history dating back to, uh, I think they got really intense about it in the 70s when they had Wally Walker and those guys. Then, of course, they had Ralph Sampson, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, but even a few years into the Tony Bennett tenure, I remember the, the first year they won the ACC regular season championship, I believe, if I'm remembering things correctly. They had an early season game where they got smoked by Tennessee by like 35 points. 
And I remember watching, because I have, I have access to their analytics since our parent company owns both sites, and where things really took off for them was when they got to first place in the ACC and stayed there. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if they won the tournament that year or not. But there are triggering events that really cause the rise in interest to be exponential. And tech is not there yet. This, this has been a nice build. And I think the fans are really getting behind Mike Young, and they like Mike Young. But when Mike Young wins an ACC regular season championship or wins a tournament, that's when you'll see it blow up big time. Yeah. I, that's, I, sorry, that's a long answer. I, I have an equally long answer. And uh, mine's not quite as positive as Will's. Yeah. Um, Tech wandered the basketball wilderness from a conference standpoint for uh, two and a half decades. 50 years. Well, that's true if you consider the fact that they all the way to back to the, the beginning of the ACC. Right. So, you know, yeah, but, but, Tech but, was only in the Metro for 15 years. That's true. Um, you know, basically when Tech basketball got put on probation, it killed the program. And then the Metro disbanded and it moved to the A-10. And that really killed interest yeah. then because instead of playing Louisville and Memphis, you're playing Fordham, St. Bonaventure. Yeah. I, nothing like a first-round AC or a ten tournament game against Fordham, buddy. Followed yeah. up by a matchup against two three zone Temple. Right? In, the, in the four years that, that Tech was in the A ten, those were the only A ten tournament games they won. Right, yeah, Fordham. Fordham. Uh, so uh, that killed interest in the program, and uh, it also helps, or excuse me, doesn't help that Tech was never in a high profile conference. Even the Metro, it had some good teams, but it wasn't the ACC, and that's why you see. I mean, you see opposing fans make fun of it's a, or te, so tech fans make fun of UNC fans because they're because it's like uh, oh they only like the basketball team uh, they're bandwagoners they don't care about football well you know UVA fans make fun of UNC fans and tech fans because there are a number of people out there that are like a UNC basketball fan and a tech football fan I know some people like that. I mean, and it's not just Tech and UNC. I know a former Virginia Tech football player who's a Duke basketball fan over Virginia Tech. Yeah. I know, heck, a friend of mine who's a Virginia Tech graduate is a Maryland basketball fan, right? And so and I remember putting a thread up on the TSL Pass subscriber board back a month, month or so ago, how many of you – have the ACC network and have access to basketball games and blah, blah, blah. And some of the, a few of the responses in that thread were, I had it during football season, but I canceled it when football season was over because I didn't need it anymore. In other words, I'm not interested in basketball at all. Right? So this is not, I, I think the basketball fans that we do have are great. Um, but... I'll put it. I I don't. I get. I get texts from a lot of people during football games, and and I have one little group of people, maybe like three of them. In fact, yes, it's three total in a group text that that text during basketball games, and that's pretty much it. I don't hear from anybody else during basketball games. Uh, so yes, the the tech fan base for basketball is growing, but it's basically got three or four decades of. Wandering around to make to, up. to make up for yeah. right, so that's that's going to take a while, and you know, if if you've been, I mean, let's say you grew up in the 1990s, and you're from Danville like me, and 
everybody talks about, oh, I remember when they rolled the t- they, they, they shut the school down, they shut the classroom down and rolled out the television in the library and everybody watched the ACC tournament. Well, that's accurate. That's what we used to do in Southside, Virginia. And I remember in 1996 when rolled out the TV to watch the ACC tournament and then the next Friday I asked to roll out the TV to watch Virginia Tech in the NCAA tournament. No, you can't do that. And they looked at you like you like, had like two you're heads. an idiot. Yeah. Right? And that that's actually one of the reasons I grew up hating the ACC. I hated the ACC. Yeah. I respected it. I enjoyed watching it. And I knew Virginia Tech needed to be in it, but it's just so many bandwagon ACC UNC Duke basketball fans in Southside Virginia, where I'm from. And yes, there are a lot of them who are Virginia Tech football fans, but Duke are UNC basketball fans. I know and it. So we have a we've made a lot of progress. We have a long way to go, as well. Well, let's go ahead and transition. Let's talk about the NCAA tournament because it's back for the first time in two years. I'm excited, and I didn't realize it until Chris said it. Hokies and Gators kick off the NCAA tournament. The first, yeah, the very first uh, non-play-in game. The very first non-play-in game since the Virginia Texas Tech national title, which felt it feels like decades ago. To be totally <laughs> honest with you, it's been that long. So mm-hmm. let's talk about ten seed Virginia Tech, seven seed Florida. Quickly, any are any of you surprised by the ten seed given for the Hokies? No. Is that about right? No. Yes, that's about right. Uh, yeah. and, l- and let's get go. Can we go ahead and get into this right Cl- now? You want to talk about Clemson real quick? Clemson, Florida, any of it? Um, I wrote an article on Thursday. I talked about, and I copied a lot of a Jerry Palm article for this. Uh, how the NCAA selection committee determines seeding, and no, they're not out to screw Virginia Tech as everybody always thinks every year. Um, the net is not there to seed teams per se. Like if you're number 20 in the net, that doesn't mean you're a five seed. The net is used to determine the quadrants. And so it, it doesn't matter that you're 32nd in the net. How did you do against quadrant one teams, right? That's how the net is used. So like Tech only had two quadrant one wins all year. And that's why they're a 10. Florida, even though their overall record is, is worse than Tex, they had five quadrant one wins. Yeah. So Clemson, how how were they a seven seed? They had a total of 10 quadrant one and quadrant two wins, and Virginia Tech had, only had five. And for those not familiar with the net, basically the way it works is quadrant one teams are, are really good teams. Quadrant two teams are good teams. Quadrant three teams are bad teams. And quadrant four teams are really bad. Teams. Right, right. And if and, if you want to make the NCAA tournament, you you got to not basically not lose to a Q three or a Q four and, team. And, and Tech did that, but the problem is uh, they played out of their twenty regular season games, ten came against quadrant three and quadrant four teams. Yeah. So Tech played a ended up playing a very weak schedule this year, which helped them as far as their overall record goes. But overall record is not. A factor of NCAA tournament or top selection. twenty-five rankings. No, no, AP no. Poll. AP rankings doesn't matter. None of that stuff. That's just for show. So, so um, getting back to you know, let me jump in here for just a second. Getting back to Tech Sideline's twenty-fifth anniversary, the very first column I ever wrote, I was mad because the number sixteen ranked Hokies were a nine seed. Well, rankings have nothing to do with it in the NCAA right. tournament. Right. Those They're, are college. Those are AP poll voters who have sure. nothing to do, and they don't get to watch every team play. Yeah. They're biased. Um, so you use computers because computers, they don't see team names. They see team A and team B, right? And they're unbiased, and computers can see everything because they're statistical-based. Yeah. Um, 
So based on the based on the criteria that the NCAA tournament committee uses, Texas seeding is no, number ten was very fair. Florida seems oh seems overseeded if you look at their record, but you have to understand that overall record doesn't go into it. Yeah. I mean, it does to a certain extent. I mean, you're, you're not you're not going to go. You're not going to put a you know a twelve and sixteen team in the NCAA tournament or something like that. Of course, Probably. but 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 it's all it's about who you beat. Yeah. It's it's about winning enough games overall to get there. But once you get to that point, it's about who you beat and how many good teams you did beat. And what killed Tech this year was all of those games against the top competition got canceled. Tech Florida had State two, twice. Two, twice a game against UNC and Louisville once and at UVA. Yep. Yeah. So basically, five of your top teams in the, in the ACC, Virginia Tech, those five games got canceled. So it helped Tech's record. And it helped them finish third. It helped the them finish third. Tech by far had the easiest schedule in the ACC this year. Yeah. And this is why conference conference records also do not matter in the terms – in. The, as far as the NSA selection committee goes, because the schedules are unbalanced, even in a non-COVID year. Like Virginia Tech, yes, Virginia Tech beat Clemson head-to-head. So so people say, oh, Virginia Tech should be higher seed than Clemson. It's not that simple. Like, it's not fair that Clemson didn't get to host Virginia Tech, right? Because most likely Clemson would have won that game at Clemson. So... So because of unbalanced scheduling, you can't use head-to-head yeah. results either. And, um, and it is also your body of work. Right. So where'd Georgia Tech wind up? A nine seed? They were. They are one of the smokingest, hottest teams in the country right now. I think right. they're either eight or a nine. I think they're a nine. But, but yeah, they're the, playing. But they a, won the ACC. They've, they've won something like eight games right. in a row. You right. know, they're playing you got great. The player of the so, year. And people so, are like, why aren't they, they, they higher seeded? Because at the very beginning of the year, they had a couple of hideous losses. like Mercer, Georgia State. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so uh, it's body of work. It's body of work. And I, so a 10 seed is totally fair for Virginia Tech. And a lot of ACC teams didn't get great seeds this year because – well, here's another example. Florida had five Quadrant One wins this year, which is more than any ACC team. Right, right. So uh, and the ACC's highest te- uh, seeded team, not to cut you off, but uh, was Florida State and Virginia were both four. So right, yeah. that's the highest of. Any so, so conference. you've got to get your, I, and tech, I see this every year in March, and Tech fans say, "Oh, but our conference record is this, and we're ranked we this, and we beat this team head to head." None of that matters, okay? Like, and conference records shouldn't matter because because the uh, the schedules are unbalanced. Now, if it was old school ACC where it was a nine team conference and and or let's say every conference in the country was a nine team conference and everybody played each other twice, home and away, then yes, you could compare. Then then conference records could have something to do with it. To within a, a conference, to, with, yeah. But even then, you know, some conferences are stronger than others. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, you don't focus on that if you're a fan. And if if you do, you're just it's nobody's listening because it's irrelevant because it's not used and it's not never going to be used. The bottom it's, line is is pay eight forty nine and and subscribe to Tech Sideline <laughs> and read Chris's article and you know all you need to know. Right, it's a great I, time. I think <laughs> I, th- I think something I'll do later this week maybe is is just look at all the like just look at the seedings of like the Power Five teams or or maybe all the teams or something like that, and say, here's what they did against Quadrant 1 opponents and see how that compares to – see how their record compares to 
to seeding. It's, a, it's an off-season project. I don't think it would take that long. In fact, okay. I know it wouldn't. It's all right there on the NCAA's website on one page. Well, there you go. Yep. Let's talk about the Florida Gators. That's the matchup, Hokies and Gators, to kick off the tournament. The first round, that is. Or I guess I, I take you, it back. You got to say, say tip off the tournament, not tip kick off. off. The tournament. Oh, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, probably shouldn't um, kick it there. Right yeah. The <laughs> um, Florida and Virginia Tech, the Gators on the season. We've got an article up on techsideline.com right now. The Gators on the year 14-9, and 9-7, and seven, but we just talked about. Let's not talk about the records. Uh, you mentioned what they've been able to do this year. Um, they're 40th in offensive efficiency, 37th in defensive efficiency, number 37 overall in Kem Pomeroy ratings. And, um, again, with the five quadrant one wins, a huge reason why uh, they are the seventh seed. Chris, let me start with you. Um, you've had a, about 24 less than 24 hours to look at this Gators team. What jumps out? about the strengths of Florida. Well, they have four starters who average in double figures. There would be a fifth, but one guy only played in four games. I'm not sure if he got hurt or opted out. Um, but, yeah, they have so many starters that can score. They're fifth in the country in block shots, 5.4 blocks per no game. No kidding. And uh, I think they're balanced. You know, you just said it, 37th in offensive efficiency, 40th in defensive efficiency. Um, yeah. and, but the th- at the same time, Virginia Tech is very balanced as well. I think Tech is – 55th and 54th or something like that. Um, so it's not one of these teams where it's like awful offensively and terrible defensively. Uh, either way, like both teams are very, very balanced. I think it's a really good way to, for the NCAA tournament to tip off. Uh, two big state schools from Power 5 conferences. Uh, very first game. CBS is a crew. We got Nance, Raftery, Grant Hill, and Tracy Wilson. Are, are, are we, we going to see a Hoosiers clip before the two teams tip yeah, off? Because it is, and it's it's being played in the gym. In or Hinkle, Hinkle Fieldhouse. Field what a name! Yeah, home I, of Butler I, uh, University. This is why college basketball is is great. Even once you get past the Power Five level, is all these schools like Butler, the mid majors, and things like that. They have a lot. They have, there's some really unique gems around the country. Yeah. Like I, I, I was just lo- I actually was looking at the pictures you posted on the TSL Twitter account of uh, uh, that field house. Uh, and it just has a unique vibe to it. Yeah. And uh, I think it would be really enjoyable. Um, it, it would be enjoyable for football as well to go around to a bunch of different football stadiums. But, like, if you put me on a bus and, and, and said, okay, you can pick 20 places to go this basketball season, which 20 coliseums or – field houses or venues would you pick i think a lot of people would pick like romp arena and the dean dome and places like that and i would probably pick some very unique places like butler uh so so to tell the story let's fill in the blanks here uh hinkle field house is it turned 93 years old in in early march mm. and it has been butler's arena you know since it was built and, and it was called uh, Butler Field House until some point, I think, in the 70s or 80s, it became Hinkle. And, and it does have a unique vibe to it. It's almost got uh, like, what's the name of the, is it Lucas Oil Stadium that the Colts play in, which is kind of open and glassy on one end? And that's and, one of the locations. That's where the final floor will be. Yeah, and, and Hinkle's kind of like that. And, and if you've ever been to uh, Roanoke College's new arena, I have. I've been there for a track meet. And it's like it's it's like the seats are around, and I'm not describing Hinkle now. I'm talking about Roanoke. The seats are around three sides of the court, and the fourth 
and is just a big glass wall. It's just open ended, and you can see outside. So that that's the kind of character you're talking about. I, I love the old the old convocation center at JMU. Do you remember going to that game there? I do. That place was weird. It was very unique. I remember you walked up steps to get to the locker room. The yeah. players did, and it was a huge bank of seats on one side right. relative to the other. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these smaller schools they have really unique gyms. So the um, so Hinkle was used to film the uh, state championship game in Hoosiers. And I, I watched a clip just this morning where they walk into Hinkle. You know, they're from they're from Hickory, and and they're they're just these guys. These are country boys, and they walk into what looks like to them a huge arena. And that's the scene where Gene Hackman measures. You know, the Measure. the free throw line's fifteen feet out, the rim is ten feet above the floor, and he goes. And and I, I what I really liked about the scene was after they measure it, Hackman says, "Pretty sure those are the same dimensions in our gym back in Hickory." <laughs> and then he stops talking and he says, let's go get dressed. Me, I would have kept talking. <laughs> yeah, so, but that's a, that's a great script, and I love Gene Hackman as an actor. So four Florida starters, as Chris said, average double figures, led by six foot five sophomore guard Trey Mann, 16 points per game. Their 5.4 blocks per game is fifth nationally on average. Um, where, do the, where do you see the Hokies having – an opportunity, uh, maybe an advantage against the Gators, and what's an area that the Hokies might um, not have the upper hand? In I don't know, Evan. I, I actually think it's a dead even mm-hmm. matchup. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. I, I'm not saying both teams are mirror images of each other, but like I haven't seen Florida play this year, so I don't know. Um, it's the battle of Kerry Blackshear, by the way. Yeah, the Blackshear Bowl. So somebody called it the Kerry Blackshear Derby. I wonder um, what he is. He wearing a Florida hat and a uh, tech jersey. You know, oh, what, yeah. so what's Kerry Blackshear doing for this game? Yeah. So let me suggest a follow. Let's see if he's at the top of the list. Yes. Um, so there is a guy, Eric Fawcett, and Eric covers. Florida Gators basketball for uh, Gator Country, which I think is an SBA, SB Nation site, but I'm not sure. So on Twitter, he is EFawcett7, E-F-A-W-C-E-T-T-7. And uh, Eric appears to be a, a fairly smart basketball guy because, like, last night he's already watching film on Tech, and, and he, tweets out, he tweets out some of Tech's offense against UNC in the ACC tournament. And he says, let me tell you from the bottom of my heart, I love Mike Young's offense at Virginia Tech. Their ball screen into rip series is absolutely devastating. With that being said, I desperately hope the Gators are prepared for it, please. And so Mike Young has a reputation of, of being a good scout. And I thought the game plan against North Carolina was phenomenal. Oh, it was. We just ran out of just, gas. Just couldn't yeah. get it done. Yeah. you know. And, and so I think – I do not know – I don't know anything about Florida or their coaching staff, but I know that Virginia Tech's got a coaching staff that can can scout a team and put together a good game plan. Do that and hit some shots, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I do like Tech's chances to win this game. Yeah. Um, I watched a little bit of the Ohio State-Illinois game on Sunday, and I mean, Ohio State's good. Now, let me tell you, they, they lost to Illinois, but – Illinois is a national they're, they're title a seed, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was listening to ESPN Radio on the over uh, on the way over here for the podcast, and this one guy was talking about how he thinks Illinois is the best team in the country, and they yeah. should be the favorite to win it all. I mean, you can make the argument because obviously, you know, Gonzaga went unbeaten, but who did they play? Right, right. Um, I, they have to be the number one seed overall because they went unbeaten, but at the same time, you know, they they didn't exactly. You know, you don't play Murderer's Row in the West Coast. They they schedule right? what they can, and then they're stuck with their conference schedule. Right, exactly. Yeah. And well, and this year you couldn't schedule what you 
They did play UVA, though. <laughs> UVA coming off COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so, I, so, yeah, if Tech gets past Florida, I, they've got a substantial challenge in the second round. But, hey, it's better than being an 8-9. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I don't know if winning the, the North Carolina game would have gotten Tech off the 8-9 line because Carolina won it. There's – they're still an eight seed, right? Yeah. So actually losing that game might have helped Tech. It might have knocked them off the 8-9 line. And I'd rather be a 10 seed than 8 or 9, right? I mean, would you yeah, guys absolutely. rather? Absolutely. So yeah. along those lines, Ox had an interesting comment on uh, uh, Twitter, and I, and I did not verify this. But he said, if Hunter Couture's shot against Miami doesn't go in, then Virginia Tech would have been Georgia Tech's seed in the ACC tournament. And could have wound up in the championship game against Florida Right, because all they would have to do is beat Miami, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. Uh, Life's all about well, West Dakota, though, right? You know, well, yeah, but they would have had to beat Miami, though. and That's a team that gave them a lot of trouble in the regular season. But, yes, I see the point. Yeah, speaking, speaking of VT, let me throw this out there. Uh, from the beginning of Virginia Tech history in basketball through 2016, the Hokies made eight NCAA tournaments over all those years. 2017 through the present they've made four half as many as they made for decades and decades and decades i i thought you know if you look at the late 70s through the through the mid 80s virginia tech was turning into to almost a perennial ncaa tournament right i think in eight years they went to six tournaments or something Something like something yeah yeah that was a good program under charlie moore And, and then from 1987 to 2007 right they went yeah. to one tournament. One tournament. And, and that's where the Tech basketball fan base was just going. Right, that's right. That's an entire generation. When you make it once a decade, all right, so they made it in 86, right? Yes. So your senior year, they made My it. My junior year. Your junior year, they made it. And then they didn't make it again until 96. That's a whole decade. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of bad basketball in there, too, under Frankie Allen. And then it took them 11 years to make it again, 2007. Yeah. And then it took them another 10 years after that, so you can't you can't exactly build a basketball fan base Did going to the NCAA tournament once a decade. Two bids in thirty years is that what we just something detailed? like basically? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, you know, once a, they were going to the tournament once a decade, and you can't build a basketball fan base by going to the tournament. That's once a decade. thirty years of filling out right. brackets and right. tech's, tech's yeah. not there. Right, uh, but but I'm optimistic because the pieces are there to have a very very consistent basketball program going forward. Um, so I, I adjust your expectations right now. My and it's, this isn't because of Justin Fuente. This is because of just the nature of the college sports landscape these days. I think Tech has a better chance to be a successful basketball program than be as successful as they were in, in football. Just just because of the money aspect of football. So when do we get to talk about Storm Murphy? Yes. Well, let's, let's talk about Storm Murphy. Um, and by the way, uh, we'll get to your questions here. If you're watching on the YouTube chat, you should hit the like, like and subscribe. And subscribe with, with both of your, um, your as well as saying, use one index finger with for your both good hands. finger and your broken finger. Like, like and subscribe. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the news of the weekend besides making the NCAA tournament. And, and Will has just been chomping at the bit to talk about graduate transfer point guard with a great name, Storm Murphy, transferring from Wofford to Virginia Tech, recruited by Mike Young at a high school, four-year starter for the Terriers, um, six-foot, 180-point guard from Middleton, Wisconsin. He started 119 of his 126 career games with the Terriers, 
And his best season, as Chris pointed out in an article in TSL, 17.8 points per game, 4.3 assists per game, shooting 40% from three-point range and 84% from the charity stripe. And those so aren't small sample sizes either. You know, yeah. he's been a, if you look at his three-point percentages for his career, they've all been between like 40 and 43%. His free-throw percentage is always around that 84, 85% mark. And there's a large sample size, too, because he shoots a lot of three-pointers, and he gets to the free-throw line a decent amount for somebody his size. Yeah, so he has, in his career, taken 539 three-point attempts and has shot 41.7% from three-point range, 84.9% uh, from the free-throw line. And it's interesting, if you look at his assist to turnovers, um, So his now he was recruited by Mike Young, and he played two years under Mike Young. And um, he started, as a freshman, he started 28 of 34 games. So clearly Mike Young liked this guy and believed in this guy. And his first year he had 135 assists and 56 turnovers. That's about two and a half to one. His second year, 112 assists and 41 turnovers. That's almost three to one assist to turnover. Then after Mike Young left, the next year he had 118 assists and 76 turnovers, uh, uh, like a 1.2. And this past year, it was 104 to 65. So that actually gets me excited that he had such a good assist to turnover ratio under Mike Young. I think that says something about what Mike Young sees in him and how he uses him in an offense. And, and so, so now the reason this is such a great pickup is that he's, he's played four years. As you said, he started 129 games. He's going to play a fifth year. And he – you know, uh, uh, he's not probably not. I'd be shocked if he's anywhere near the defender that Wabi Sabidi is, the on-ball defender. I don't doubt he's probably an excellent team defender, mm -hmm. um, but or he will be when he plays for Mike Young again. Um, he will be a fifth offensive threat when he's on the floor. Mm -hmm. And number one, he'll be able to hit the open three if you leave him open. Number two, when it's late in the game and you're trying to hold the lead, you got an 85% free throw shooter. Yep. I'm super pumped about that. And if Beattie decides to come back, you've still got the situational uh, defender. The best situational defending point guard in the country, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be an ideal scenario. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so if you get a lead and you're trying to hold the lead, you can put Beattie on a guy like Alvarado. Exactly. And then you can switch in Murphy when you want the offense. I hope, I hope Beattie comes back because then now they can – this took a long time to use this word today. They could redshirt Sean Padula. Ding, ding, ding. Right? 54 minutes into the podcast. If, if, so if, Padula if is, is going to be here next year. He's from Oklahoma mm -hmm. and, and physically is a very similar guy to Storm Murphy. I think they're both 5'11", yeah. 6 feet tall. Yeah. And that's the other reason this is a great pickup is Murphy's now a stopgap measure till you can get Padula ingrained into the system. E exactly right. And uh, I would love to redshirt him. And then that guy, he's practicing against – Beatty every day, oh. right? Practicing against and an elite he college back, defender right? every day. That's assuming he comes back, which I hope he does. Um, and I'm sure he would sit down and, and have a conversation, a frank conversation with Mike Young. It's like, yeah. look, Storm Murphy's going to be our starting point guard. Now you will still play a role because you're going to be a senior, you're going to be a leader, and you're a great defensive so player. So Storm Murphy will start over with Beatty. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we're assuming, yeah. I don't see any scenario where that doesn't happen. Yeah. Barring injury, but I think it's a great pickup. Um, 
Boy, I bet Wofford fans hate Virginia Tech. Right? <laughs> they stole their coach. We've got your coach. No, because Wofford, they're sitting back, they're watching ACC basketball, and they're watching Keve Aluma go off. And That's our coach uh, and uh, part of our team. And, 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 and Hunter them. Couture, and now we steal their best player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel bad for those guys. Mm. Um, real quick, I want to mention this before we get ready to take a break. Um, Will, I think you tweeted this out, but – a lot of the country knows Storm Murphy for a couple of things. A, he's got a great name, right? Storm Murphy. Right. Um, but B, there is a certain video that he has out of him dancing with his parents. Did you see it, Chris? I saw it. It's, and, I think and it's They're like in the kitchen and they're cooking or right. something like that. Um, it looked like they're cooking like Thanksgiving. And, and yeah, Storm, yeah. It, I think he's got a pretty good move. I mean, he had 4.1 million views on Twitter. 4.6 so million. Six. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, I want to make sure you everyone should look at this. I don't know. Maybe you quote tweeted it. Um, Dwight Vick quote tweeted it. And I just responded to Dwight's uh, tweet. Okay. But, but I'm sure Storm Murphy Just type in dancing. Twitter, Storm Murphy. It'll be one of the first things that pops up. Is it's the original dancing. account that, that probably got it off of TikTok or something like that was a Barstool account. So look for a Storm Murphy, a Barstool uh, a tweet about Storm Murphy. I will say this. You know, he's from Wisconsin. I am shocked that he flew under the radar he got out, out of, of high school yeah. without Wisconsin offering him because yeah. he – Wisconsin's had a lot of players like Storm Murphy over the years. Maybe, maybe he wasn't they, big enough, six feet tall. Maybe. Yeah, we'll take him, though. Uh, quick question for everybody. Alan Potts, do you think Padula can redshirt even if Beatty does not come back? I doubt it. Mm, I don't know. You could put Couture. At, at, you, you you could, but... but Padula, uh, excuse me, Murphy's used to playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. Uh, you, you could, um, because you've still got Maddox in there, and Maddox can run the point. We can't forget about that. Yeah. Will um, Joe Bam run the point, so, or is he more of a 2-3? Well, he can. Well, as we said, like the system, the system is, is the yeah. point. I mean, ideally, yes, Bam is still a 2 or 3, though, in my opinion. Uh, I'd love to see Bamasil at 3 in certain situations because he can take guys off the dribble. Yeah, the question about Bamasil is how much does he develop? and Defensively. Defensively. Yes, and how much does he continue to improve offensively? Yeah. Uh, Naheem Aleen is a very inconsistent player. Yeah, He can go off for 20 on any given night, or he can score zero points on on any given yeah. night. Uh, or, and that can vary from half to half. He scored zero points in the first half against Carolina the other night, and somebody texted me at halftime and said, Aleen's killing us. Then he comes out in the sec- second half and scores 12 points and makes four, four threes in one did, half. Did you say killing us or killing it? Killing us. <laughs> but yeah. I know the second half is killing it. And then the second half, he was killing it. Yes. Right. Um, so Tech needs some more consistency. That, that, that would, that's going to be an interesting battle next year. Like, all right, so we know – all right, we, we don't know, but I'm going to assume Storm Murphy is a starting point guard. I'm going to assume Tyrese Rad- Radford is starting. I'm going to assume Justin Mutz is starting. I'm going to assume Cafe Alum is starting. That other starting spot, to me, I think Aline's a solid player. And he can continue to get better. But if Bama, Bama still has a higher ceiling, how much does he improve from year one to year two? So I think that's the question mark there is who you're, starts. You're not going to see this team get picked 11th in the ACC next no, year. No, yeah. no, no. They actually they're going to have a chance to win the league next year, depending on how the schedule. How other things break. Uh, yeah. They might not finish third because their schedule might be difficult, but they're going to have more quality wins next year. They're going to be a higher NCAA tournament team next year because they're going to have more quality wins. They might not finish as high in the ACC standings, or maybe they will. I don't know. 
But the most important thing is getting a better seed in the NCAA tournament, regardless of your ACC tournament seeding. Yep. Um, so I, I think they might win the league next year or possibly compete for the league title next year, compete for the ACC tournament title with a starting lineup of of Storm Murphy, who had no other scholarships but Wofford out of high school. Aline, if he starts at the two-guard, he had mid-major offers. Radford, nobody wanted. Mutz, high point. And Aluma, Wofford, nobody else wanted. With Couture coming off the bench, nobody wanted him either. Who's going to Wofford? Right? Yeah. It's amazing. It goes to speak about player development and coaching. Um, we're getting ready to step aside for a break here on episode 170 of the Tech Sideline podcast. 171. 71. We have it on the YouTube as 70, so I didn't know. I got I – got, See, he's 71. not the greatest producer in the land. He I, typed it in wrong. I, I said 71 in the beginning, then I saw 70. I got nervous. I, listen, I trust Malcolm with my life. So, listen, I was just uh, – That I, might be a mistake now. <laughs> yeah, what is it Tracy Morgan says? Well, it, that's the difference between I'm sure and it's good enough. <laughs> Let's set aside for a break. Tech Sideline Podcast is presented by DraftKings. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We do not know who will be cutting down the nets at the end, but we do know there will be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of action. Bet $4 on an underdog. Win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TSL, promo code TSL, when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code TSL to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Virginia only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline, 888-532-3500, And don't or- bet against Sheffield united <laughs> episode 171 of the tech sideline podcast continues after this break with an update on virginia tech women's basketball the ncaa wrestling championships beginning softball and baseball we roll on here at tech sideline in just a moment Welcome back in episode 171 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. So great to have you with us. Evan Hughes, Chris Coleman, Will Stewart, Malcolm Stewart behind the scenes. Hope you enjoyed the music as we were enjoying during the break. And I I hope you read that DraftKings promo about 10 times while the music was playing. Promo code TSL. Promo code TSL. Go ahead and get right to it. Um, So we talk a lot about Virginia Tech men's basketball. I want to spend the next... 10 minutes. We're going to go rapid fire here because I want to get to questions that we have. We're about an hour and six minutes in. I want to start with Virginia Tech women's basketball. We are recording on Monday morning, March 15th. So if you listen to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, the news will already be out. But Virginia Tech looking to become, uh, for the first time in program history, that men's or school history, men's and women's basketball making the NCAA tournament together. It's never happened before in the same year that women's hoops and men's hoops have made it together. 
I'm looking at ESPN.com 64 team bracket. Charlie Cream has Virginia Tech right now as a eight seed playing the nine seed South Dakota State in the Riverwalk region. If they win, they would play Texas A&M. Well, I hope he's wrong and they're either a seven or a ten. But hey, I'm just happy to be there. Is Texas A&M year. a one seed? Is that what Tech, you're telling me? They're good. Really good basketball program. They have a legendary coach down there. So um, I know South Carolina's good, UConn's good, Baylor's good. There, there, there's more parity in women's hoops these days than there used to be. At the highest levels, I would agree. But hey, yeah. it's better than being the 8-9 uh, and playing UConn, which right now mm. Syracuse and Michigan State are 8-9 seeds in the uh, Mercado region where they would probably await UConn if they can get over Texas. Is not Mercado State. an app where you can sell your furniture? Or I've, never, something? I, I've never heard of that before. You've got the Alamo, Mercado, <laughs> Riverwalk. <laughs> That's right. Mercari, Malcolm says. There we go. Malcolm's chiming in. <laughs> but anyways, um, we talked about it last week. Hokies coming off a quarterfinal appearance in the ACC tournament. And here's what I will say. I mean, I feel like this team, if they can shoot the ball well, I mean, Georgia Amor is playing at an all-time high right now. Um, Kitley down low. I mean this this tech team you never I mean you never know they can make yeah, a run sure um guy if Shepard's healthy and Shepard of course if she's healthy which she was hurt in the but ACC it's been tournament. it's been a while since the ACC tournament like a couple of weeks oh right? the, it'll be a two two full weeks this Friday the, will between be the, the ACC tournament and the and the women's tournament yeah. yeah so hopefully that was enough time to get so her so that's a team that is you know in a lot of ways that team's built for success in the NCAA tournament if Kitley can hold her own. And you can get Shepard, Amor, and Kayla King all hot from outside. They're 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 a tough out. They're well, tough they're they're peaking at the right time. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, again uh, selection Monday is this evening, <laughs> and uh, it'll be you know really cool for this program. Just they were going to make it last year. I mean, they got such great play from Taj Cole, who transferred in, and it was a really fun team to watch last year. And then have it all shut down. That was one of the teams that was impacted in yeah. COVID. You know, uh, somebody asked on the boards last week, is this the golden age of Virginia Tech Olympic sports? Now, men's basketball and women's basketball, you know, most people don't say, oh, that's an Olympic sport. Right. But generally what the, the, the question what, the is question non-football. Is, that's because basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, even if he didn't phrase it that way, that that's what he meant. Um, and the answer to that question is Yes. Um, Gotta be. Tech was 18th in the Directors Cup last year, when before COVID shut things down, which would have been by far their highest finish ever. And they're just they're ranked in so many sports this year. You've got women's basketball and men's basketball making the tournament for the first time in the same year. Uh, softball, which which we'll get to later. I guess they they'll they'll probably move up around the top ten now. Hit eight homers in one game. You know, track and field is better than it's ever been. It used to just be – we used to just be good in the field part of track right. and field, right? And now right. we're good at the track part too. Yeah. And Baseball's at an all-time high. Right. Um, wrestling, obviously ranked, you know, fifth in the country or, or whatever, third or whatever they're ranked. It depends. There's it depends, of, yeah. But I think I've seen them as high as third. You're right. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. But, but yes, generally speaking um, – it is the golden age. Well, of, yeah, both, of both the soccer sports. are good, I yeah, think. And, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the golden age of non-football sports at, at Virginia Tech, no yeah. question. I mean, if you if you think back to the Big East days, you know, we keep track of the Directors Cup, uh, what used to be called the Sears Trophy. Um, we keep track of that in TSL articles, and you know, back before Tech joined the ACC, I mean, when they were in the Big East, I mean, you're talking. 90s? 90s. I think there was even a year where they finished just outside the top 100. Yeah. 
And, you know, back then the, they weren't fully funded. Uh, at least not all. The they, they were still working were. their way up to funding all scholarships. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, come oh. a long way. And one sport that is really doing well, Virginia Tech Wrestling, finished the regular season ranked number two and number three in the polls. The NCAA Wrestling Championship start this week. So, I mean, what what a week, right? I mean, you, any sport you want, softball's playing, baseball's playing. You've got wrestling championships. You've got the NCAA tournament in basketball. I mean, there's just so much going on. And uh, the story going into this week is that Makai Lewis did get an at-large bid, and he is the number four seed as the defending champ at 165 after medically forfeiting the ACC championships. And, Will, I felt like that was a really – fair seeding considering everything right did you agree yeah i think so you know he did he did finally lose after winning 28 straight matches or whatever it was um but but more so than that i watched him this year and just the eye test he just uh he was not the same guy to me that won a national championship um he was getting himself in trouble a lot more and and not wrestling in my opinion as well in in the in the second and third periods he'd get a big lead and then just kind of finish up and and you know, then he, then he got hurt and lost. Uh, so I, I think that's fair. And I believe they had Sam Latona as a two seed. A two seed at 125. Corbin Myers as a three, which I think is phenomenal. He it is. totally deserves that. And where where's Hunter Bolin? Uh, um, Hunter Bolin at Bolin. 184. Sorry to say Bolin. Is uh, the five seed. Hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, interesting. They've got uh, – and Hidley, who we lost in the AC Championships, is a two seed. So that probably turned yeah, out to be a costly loss. Yeah, because he's three and one career against Hidley. That's the first time he'd beaten him. Uh, and they're both really good. Um, but, so but just, just a where's lot my of, boy Macho Camacho? <laughs> what, 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 what weight class? Is that Latona's weight class? <laughs> yeah, so Latona is the two seed. And Jacob Camacho, if I could spell his name correctly here as I control F the document, Camacho is a. Six seed. Mm. Huh. So think about this. Okay. 184, we just mentioned Bowling and Hidley. You win that, you're probably the two seed. You lose, he's the five. For Camacho wrestling Latona at the championship at 125, he's a six seed. Yeah. And Latona's a two. So that's a huge I mean, they it really goes to show how winning your title in your weight class at your conference is a big deal when it comes to seeding. So have I I think I saw this and I'm sorry, but I don't I don't I don't remember it well enough to really commit and say, and this is what I saw. But I think if everybody wrestles according to seed, the Hokies will finish fourth in the country. Is that right? I did not see that. But there are a lot of high seeds for tech wrestlers. So if everyone wins and does well. Well, the benefit to having the high seeds is you can rack up bonus points early. Correct. If you wrestle to your potential and, and major decision a guy or pin a guy. Well, wait, worth mentioning if uh, – what do you like to call him again? Camacho. Macho Camacho. Macho Camacho. Macho Camacho. Jacob Camacho of North Carolina State wins his first two, and Sam Latona wins his first two. Meet they the will third. meet in the uh, quarterfinals of, of Friday morning. It looks like the quarterfinals of the winner's bracket. What day, what day does the tournament start? It starts Thursday. Thursday right? morning. Okay. So they will wrestle – Latona would wrestle Thursday morning, Thursday night, and then Friday morning. If if both win, you'd have the third time this year. Yeah, Macho Camacho and uh, and round Latona. three. So so let's get back to uh, Makai Lewis. To my knowledge, they have not addressed Makai's health publicly. No, but I think the fact that he's seated and in, I mean, I think he's wrestling. Um, yeah. But they, there's not. So I, I 
He will open, and by the way, worth bringing this up, he opens Makai Lewis. No, I'm sorry. I was about to say that's not right. His name is here, and uh, Jake Wetzel pits right here. So for a minute, I was like, hold on. There's no way they're matching up. Uh, so they are on opposite ends of the bracket. So Wetzel of Pitt, if anyone's curious, who he had to injury forfeit to yeah. is the three seed, and Makai's the four. Okay. Uh, the ones ahead of him at 165, Alex Marinelli is the one seed who Makai beat en route to his championship two years ago. The two seed is uh, Anthony Valencia of Arizona State. Uh, the three seed is Wetzel of Pitt, and Lewis is the four seed. I don't know if he's wrestled Valencia, but he's beaten Marinelli and he's beaten Wetzel before. Yeah. So, you know, I was I was about to say that that's a lot of high level talent that has left that weight class in the last year, but no, it's actually two years ago. Two, I, correct, the 2019 yeah. championships. So, anyways, that's the update on Virginia Tech wrestling. Um, I'll go ahead and give another plug. It's, you know, Southeast Regional Training Center does so much yeah. for these student athletes. Uh, it's a big reason why Virginia Tech is where they are on the national level. Go to southeastrtc.com to find out how you can get involved with Virginia Tech wrestling today. So, I, th- I think we should probably make an effort to to preview the NCAA somehow. Um, it, it's it's the the big thing is how can you watch this and it gets difficult because I think in the past they've run eight mats at one time <laughs> so there's eight different streams oh my and God. and and if you've got does Tech have nine wrestlers Evan correct I believe if, you, if you've got nine guys wrestling do you have some of sometimes they're wrestling at the same time right yeah you know so and you and you've only got one computer screen you're like how can I watch all the, because the NCAA does a good job of providing streams for every single mat. So if you've got a guy on mat seven, you can't watch it, but it's a it's a challenge. Right. Well, think about for Coach Roby, right? And uh, you know, if you've got, <laughs> right. you've got wrestlers at both times, hey, you, Coach Fair, you go here, I go I here. You, I mean, it is such a shame that they can't have fans because that is electric when you've got 10, 15, 20, 20,000 wrestling fans. Where is the tournament this year? I don't even know. Uh. Um because they're going to have fans at the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Yeah, not yeah. many, though. It just not won't many. be the same, man. No. Uh, you know, I thought uh, what little I watched of the Illinois-Ohio State game on Sunday, that game was played in the venue that the Final Four is going to be played in, in okay. Indianapolis. And I, and I thought it was a decent – I don't know how many people were in there, but it sounded – I want to say they're allowing 15% in. Okay. I, forget I agree. I popped in for a minute, and yeah. I, I thought it – Yeah, I the, thought uh, – now, now, granted, my basis of comparison is – the zero fans that were in Castle Coliseum all it year. It is so weird but, to go back and watch full games where the stands are full because we've gotten used to not. Watching. Well, I was at, when I was at the baseball game Saturday. I was sitting with a friend of mine at his table down the first baseline, and we were marveling at the atmosphere of the baseball game. And we were talking about how the you know the the student section we'll call it. Uh, they call themselves the dugout degenerates. Corey, by the Corey way. Van Dyke is going to have a feature on them. In the next couple weeks, by the way, to go ahead and tease it. Uh, I thought it was this week. So well, they're going to be this. How fast Corey's got two coming. He's going to do the story of the the hammer, the sledgehammer, uh, the sledgehammer, and, and the fans. And Whichever. The I don't know what order he's going to do it, man. But yeah. uh, uh, so we were talking about the student section and the fan support in general, and and we were talking about how you know one of the reasons it, it it's the way it is is because. People haven't been able to go to live sports in a long time. And and the younger people, the students in particular, they have a lot of pent-up energy right now. No, I mean, yes. no question. That, that's my noise of agreement. Right. <laughs> so my hope, and I'm inclined to think this will happen, um, that we'll have 100% capacity in Lane Stadium this year. And our opening game, opening home game, is against North Carolina. Yeah. And there will be a lot of pent-up energy. Uh 
So, and, you know, North Carolina is not exactly a popular team these days amongst the tech <laughs> fan base. No. So, so, Carolina. Not, so not only will you have that, you'll have the hype left over from the last time they played here, a yeah. six-overtime game, plus all that pin-up energy. Yeah. That, that's got the, and it'll be a night game. So that has a potential to be a great atmosphere. Not, not that I'm looking, you know, eight, nine months ahead or anything, but, you know, I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, quickly want to mention uh, Virginia Tech softball. You know, they were on a, a COVID pause. They lost a doubleheader against Army in a four-game series against Boston College. Back in action this week um, against a North Carolina State team um, that was receiving votes in one poll. They played four games. Hokies take three of four. And my goodness, the last two. Can I read it? Can I read it? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so the, the team record for home runs in a game was five. Virginia Tech yesterday hit five in the fifth inning alone <laughs> and had eight for the game. So that's a new school record. Uh. And the individual record was two home runs in a game. And, and I think several players have gotten that. And uh, Kelsey Bennett, was it, had three in yesterday's game. And Chip Grubb texted me, and he said, that's the most fun I've ever had at a softball game. I've never seen anything like that. And I think if you go to the TSL Twitter feed, we retweeted uh, Virginia Tech put together a video of all eight home runs from yesterday. Somebody did comment that there were only seven in the video. I didn't count them. I just sat there. It's a minute-long video. They lost where, count at some point. There were so yeah. many. But it was uh, – the, the the announcer was speechless. Some more Angela Tenter's like, if I had half this hitting. <laughs> <laughs> so, God, if you, wanted, if you want to know where Virginia Tech's first national championship as a team would come from, well, I know where it would have come from if they'd had this kind of hitting for softball. Yeah, Angela but... <laughs> Tenter's unofficial motto is timing is everything. Yeah. And, by the way, that, that's a five-run game. I'm sorry, five-inning five inning game. game. That's a mercy rule that they hit eight – home runs in I mean, it's just they went into that inning leading five to four they left that top half of the inning winning 17 to four yeah no that's uh that's how you leave a statement on the road at yeah. north carolina state so uh anyways they should move up in the polls this week and then quickly uh hokey baseball uh, hosting florida state a storied program this weekend um lost game one leading Lost late, came back, shut out Florida State the next day, and then Sunday, no Anthony Simonelli, Chris. Kind of yeah. the story of the series, not having your Sunday starter. Yeah. Um, when you're missing your Sunday starter, unless you're one of those big SEC schools or deep south ACC schools that's got a really, really deep pitching staff, you know, if you're missing that third starter, then you really need to win the first two games to, to win the series most likely. Um you know, Tech has improved so many different ways, but but they they don't quite have a deep pitching staff yet. I think they've got three good starting pitchers. They got two or three good pieces in the bullpen. Uh, I, I watched Silverling pitch on Saturday, yeah. and I was I was pretty amazed by him. Really nice um, slider. Yeah, he's he mixes up his stuff well. He doesn't re overly rely on a fastball mm -hmm. and everything. He just seems like a guy who knows how to pitch. Um, but the overall. Pitching staff depth still isn't isn't quite there. Um, now, granted, they're they're a year behind from a player development standpoint because they could barely play last year. But uh, so yeah, ideally you you win that Friday game, and uh, so you don't have to be reliant on winning your bullpen game. A bullpen game against an ACC team isn't gonna isn't yeah. gonna work. Set a too program well. record: twelve pitchers used on Sunday. Whew. 
Yeah. Um, so in, independent of the of the pitching staff, did you text me Saturday and say that Tech started six freshmen and two sophomores? Mm-hmm. Was that the yes. uh, uh, amongst the position players, a- including the some of them are red shirts? But yes, yeah, that's yeah, the sure. majority of the production are freshmen. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And they're, yeah. yeah, I don't. It's it's rare that you see. I mean, you, ideally, you don't want to be throwing six freshmen to the wolves against against ACC play. So, uh, you know, I don't know how I don't know what Tech's record is going to be at the end of the season in baseball. I I don't think they're the twelfth best team in the country. Their, their 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 pitching staff isn't deep enough, and their defense still needs some work. So I think they were as high as 12th in one poll. 18th in uh, D1 yeah. baseball, yeah. which is a really good poll. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I th- it's it's kind of silly to be changing rankings every week in baseball this early in the season. I mean, it's baseball. We all know the nature of the sport. You right. know, uh, you could get swept one weekend and then win five or six in a row after that. That's just the nature of baseball. Um, but that said, they are a solid team. Um, and... You got to be excited about the future with that many young players. I don't think they're going to lose. I mean, maybe they. I think Hurd's a senior. Tanner Thomas. They got, they got, is a senior. They got three seniors, one of which is a position player. Uh, Tanner Thomas, and then two pitchers. Yep, those are their three. Now, you don't know about early entries to the draft and things like that because. I think technically speaking, this is T.J. Rumfield's third season. It is correct. right because he's a, he redshirted. Yeah, it's true. Nineteen. Then, then he read. Then he redshirted. Or no, excuse me. He redshirted. Then he played last year as a redshirt freshman for Texas Tech, and now in a year that didn't count. So now he's a redshirt freshman right. again this year for Sec. So even though he's a redshirt freshman, Rumfield is eligible for the draft yeah. after this year, yeah. and that that's a big old corner infield man with a lot of bat talent. You know, and Rumfield's also hitting like three eighty five with power. Year, you so. know, so uh, but you know, in, in a larger sense, it's the interest in the program that has come out of nowhere that I think is a big story, and, and I hope it stays. You know, I hope the students it's, are it's having got, fun. It's got to sustain. I, yeah. I remember uh, when Tech hosted a regional that time, and the crowd on Friday night was great. It was, it was awesome. Everybody was blown away. And then the next day, they didn't show up. They came once and then didn't show up the rest of the weekend. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons Pete Hughes left. Yeah. Um, he was disappointed in fan support throughout the course of the weekend. So we're off to a good start in fan support now, and having a nicer stadium will help them stay, hopefully. You know, the concessions but, are better. The bathrooms are better. They sell beer. What I know, like about those tables, and uh, I, I – That I, seems like a cool place to watch. Oh, they they tech underpriced them because there's a huge it's weight. It's like $1,000 a year, right? Yeah, and it's great view, great service. they got windshields behind you. So we all know how the wind blows out, and if you're sitting down the right field line or the first baseline, normally it would be blowing from the back of your neck, basically. Yeah. But like, I went up and watched uh, half an inning from directly behind a home plate, and it was windy up there because it was coming directly through through the concourse, directly through the entrance. But I go back down the to the, the tables, and there's no wind at all. Cool. Yeah. So, but. It's not like you can go out and buy one because there's a there's a huge waiting list for those tables. But yeah, you have table service, which is excellent. That's I nice. mean, the, the Hokie Club and whoever's in charge of that does just a fantastic job. It is 
It is the best $1,000 you can spend on Virginia Tech sports right now, in my opinion. I remember, I remember. Except you can't spend it because they're all sold out and there's a waiting list. I, I remember when they first released that pricing. I remember thinking, wow, that's cheap. You know, for, should, for, for, for as many baseball games as there are. Yeah. Um, and what, it's like a limited food, right? When you're on the table, too. Like, you, like food, oh, drinks. Like, right, right, like, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to pay for it. But, well, but, I'm but, sorry, right. Yeah but, but, yeah, but I mean, it's like it's like being in a restaurant. You have a server coming to your table. Bringing your um, beers and bringing your now, food. Now, I do think, I do think, and you would have to call Virginia Tech or email them or whatever to confirm this, but some of those table owners did opt out this year. So there are a few of those tables that are available for the rest of the season for a one-time deal. Hmm. So if that interests you, then uh, you might want you try to confirm that with with Virginia Tech. But but I think that's the case. Hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and get to uh, get to some questions. First of all, Brian says Evan isn't familiar with Macho Camacho. Should we let him discuss wrestling anymore? Yeah, I just know the name from uh, from Chris. So, <laughs> he was a boxer, right? Yes, and when I grew up in Southside Virginia, I worked in a tobacco barn. So I worked with a lot of Mexican migrant workers and couldn't understand a word they were saying, but they were all they all liked boxing and they all liked Macho Camacho because <laughs> he was from Mexico. So they would. The only thing I remember from working in, in that tobacco barn was those Mexican guys looking at each other doing that and going oh, Macho Camacho. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's some questions going back from the top. First of all, Andrew asks: Is Cartier Jada able to come back next season? Somebody chimes in about: Is he enrolled right now? Any idea about I, what his? I, status I, is? I have no idea of his enrollment status. Uh, he's eligible to come back next year, but again, why? Why? Why would? Well, you he, he he hasn't been practicing. Uh. He's not going to start because there's a guy coming from Wofford who, who averages 18 points a game and knows Mike Young's system. Uh, there's there's no room for him. I, I don't it's know just, what his relationship with his teammates is or was. Yeah, but, yeah. He, the, a lot but of these on, guys, on the surface, he bailed. Uh, uh, we've right, talked about this right, before. Uh, guys that bailed during COVID, it's going to be tough to come back to the same team while everybody else hung in there. I was, uh, I was talking to uh, – Former Virginia Tech coach uh, a month or two ago, and we were talking about the situation, and he's asking me, well, why is this guy transferring, and why is this guy transferring, and things like that. And I'm like, well, he opted out, and then the coach goes, oh, that explains it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, what, it's what I've been saying is, like, you choose not to play, and your teammates who – you know they're getting something stuck, stuck down their nose, their nose to the back of their throat three yeah. times a week. They're yeah. sacrificing. You're opting out. You're not going to be welcome back with open arms. That's just the nature of the beast. And that's what I think a lot of these guys who opted out, they did not take that into consideration. And I don't think a lot of those guys will end up at back at their same back, back at their same school. Yeah. A couple other comments about we're talking about basketball and the elevation of the program the last six years Hokie Nation following along Eddie says basketball is getting more and more fun to follow products getting better so the fans will eventually come Brian Woodward says no more local TV for the ACC tournament so that hurts them no more local TV for the ACC tournament. I guess no Raycom I guess on the local I guess that's now network oh like um, on channel over the air channel 7 or whatever yeah, yeah. 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 So interesting point here's a question from Neil Will or Chris, do either of you own the tack shaver? Do you find its waterproof ability or the fact that it fits in a t-shirt pocket more useful? I assume I, the latter for tactical reasons. I, I am saving up to afford a tack shaver. I'm considering <laughs> an increase in the cost of TSL subscriptions <laughs> so we can all afford tax shavers. Can we just put a tack yeah, shaver right here? We have to. We, oh, and we need a spurtle. We should totally do it. It is spurtle. You know, know, my roommate, uh, his parents got him a 
Spurtle for Christmas, and he didn't ask for one. He goes, my parent, his parents are just like, yeah, we watched the AC Network so much, we thought it'd be funny to get you a Spurtle. <laughs> I, so we have a Spurtle that, that, that's in my house right now. By oh, the way, that's awesome. I'll send pictures. We have a Spurtle. That's fantastic. I'm actually uh, a tax shaver. I've actually, for a joke, thought about ordering one just to just to see what it's like. Uh, I'm going to the Caribbean in May, so I could take it with me and nice. shave Not going underwater and see if I get electrocuted. I, I tell you what. If, if you go, you, are you going to St. Thomas? Is that right? Yeah. If you can find a, an underwater photographer, I will pay for it. If you can get a picture of, taken of yourself shaving underwater with the tack shaver. Malcolm, can we clip this? <laughs> Hold on. I need this whole 60 seconds. We, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But on, we've got pictures hilarious. of you skydiving. What if we get him skydiving with like a tack shaver and his little... <laughs> no, no. Just tape it on. No, no, you, you can't do that. It's, it's, a, know, it's a very quick drop. So you, you want to take it out. You want to take the scenery. You don't, don't want to be posing yeah. for a picture of you shaving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what is the dude on the left wearing? Uh Went with a yellow button down today. Khakis. What is the dude on the left? <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this your first time here? <laughs> Gosh, uh, Macho Camacho, my shirt. Uh, listen, I'm trying to, you know, but I could have gone with the pink button down today. But somebody, uh, one of my buddies who watched the podcast, like, God, you wear that pink button down a lot. So I made sure to, to switch it up and go with the yellow. So well, what did you do with the, uh, we gave you a TSO polo shirt, right? Mm-mm. What? I have a TSL. I have a I have a shirt that's at home in Richmond. That's it. You have to go shopping in, in on the swag table yeah, after, after. Oh, this I would episode. love to. No, here's the thing. If I get, I will wear a TSL every week moving forward. We need to hire like. Man, a, you guys uh, need to speak up. I'm not good about that kind of well, stuff. I, I mean, just you, you know just trying to. Trying All of my kids have TSL stuff. Why doesn't my podcast host have <laughs> we it? Need, we, we need to raise TSL subscription so we can. Uh, Hire like a, a person to like dress us for every podcast. Here, uh, come I, in there. No, I like the you're jacket you're wearing today. We talked about that before on previous yeah, podcasts. This, Adidas. This, this old, yeah. Uh, let's see a couple other. We talked about Padula. Um, with Murphy's size, Tech needs more size from the back court. Bama Seal and Ormatics have to play more. Uh, Referring to Murphy. Oh, Storm. Sorry, I was like, oh yeah, who's yeah. Murphy. Sorry, Storm. Storm. You well known by Storm, and uh, you know. Um, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, Hamley, Luke Hamley writes in, by the way, Tech has eight wrestlers. They do not have a wrestler at 141 or 197 in the upcoming NCAA Wrestling Championships. Thank you, Luke. Um, so I guess Hilligus would have been 141 and, he, and, and Andy Smith at 197, and those guys didn't make it. Yeah. Neil writes, does bringing in Storm next year create an odd man out for Couture, Cone, and Aline? Well, we kind of went into that. It's, hmm. Uh. I mean, no. it just means less time for Couture at point guard. Uh, I would say, but, but but yes, somebody's minutes will go down to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, it, that's that's just the way it is. And um, unless, especially if Beatty decides to come back, right? No, because Beatty will get, let's say, Storm plays thirty minutes a game at point. Beatty would play ten. Um, so that means zero minutes at the point for Couture, which means he goes back to the two guard, and now you've got Couture. Aline, Bama Seal, and Cone. Uh, and Cone, and Tyrese Radford. Holy cow. Five guys for two positions, two of those wing positions, both of those wing positions. So we're, we're, so we're going to find out. Like, you look at Florida State. Florida State plays 10, 11, 12 guys. Mm-hmm. Every, almost everybody on their roster is a really good player, and you don't see a lot of transferring out. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, I think, is a very likable guy. I think yeah. he, he's uh, – 
his players clearly clearly like him. But yes, you're right. They, they always play a lot of guys. Um, Mike Young's also a likable guy. Right. And the, the the key here is open and honest communication. Um, so when Jalen Cohen only plays ten minutes against, or less than that, when maybe five minutes against Florida State because he's not a great matchup because he's so small. You have to say, okay, Jalen, but you're a great matchup against this team, so you're going to play 20 minutes or 25 minutes against this team, right? And so you have to make that clear to them. And even during the recruiting process and say, here's how I run my program, and if this is acceptable to you, we would love to have you. Now, what that's going to lead to is lower recruiting rankings, which means Mike Young won't be recruiting well, air quotes, but it's going to lead to better fits in the program and more wins, right? If, if you tell me Mike Young can't recruit, I will fight you. <laughs> he's he, But he's won enough games now to where he can sign a very low-rated recruiting class and everybody's just going to be like, ah, it's fine. That's him Great player that. development, blah, blah, yeah. blah. That's what we're working towards to, in the football program. Like Right now, Justin Fuente can't recruit, Right. But if he, start, if he starts winning with these players... He, the, he was using air quotes. Oh, right, right, sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Right. I thought we were being a little frustrated. Right, right, right. Air quotes for those listening. Uh, right now, Justin Fuente, quote, unquote, can't recruit. If he starts winning with these low-rated low recruits, then the narrative changes to he's just a really good evaluator of talent and a really good player developer, yeah. right? So it all whether you're a good recruiter or not deter, is determined by whether you win or not. <laughs> All right, two things. Uh, trivia question from Clark Rulin for Will and Chris. Which color uniforms did Tech wear more in 2020-2021 season? Orange or maroon? Virginia Tech basketball? Lord. Correct. Orange. Uh, That's a random it's guess. Got, it's got to be orange. Will and Chris are ding, 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 Correct. It's surprisingly orange, as Clark writes. What, what are the numbers? Six in orange, where the Hokies went four and two, and four in maroon, where they went two and two. Huh. There's your trivia. A lot, a lot of gray and a lot of white, right? A lot of white, a lot of gray. Honestly, that Clark's dialed into that stuff. I'm not. You know, the, the thing is, like, uh, I think in football, our maroon, regular maroon uniforms look, look great, but I don't think they look as good in no, basketball. No, they, uh, don't, like, they do not. Our best basketball uniforms are clean home whites. In my opinion, well, I watched the softball team over the weekend, and they were they were wearing whites on Saturday. I think may have been Friday, and I thought they looked great, you know. And, and that's that's not a that's not a softball girls joke. That's I thought the uniforms looked great. And yesterday they were in all maroon, and I was kind of like, eh. Um, final thing, by the way, how about a little uh, Ryan B? Is Wofford officially the develop league for Virginia Tech basketball? <laughs> yeah, that kind of seems like that's it funny. Yeah, I mean. Kator, Ali, I'm sorry, uh, Aluma. Kator, Aluma. And Storm. And Storm. And Mike Young. And Mike Young. I, I like why. It's a, hey, that's a pretty part of South Carolina down there. It's a nice little campus. That's the nature of the beast these days in sports, man. Yeah, so so yeah. Google their uh, arena. I can't remember the name of it. but It's, they, it's a new arena. Yeah, it's like three years old. The, uh, Might be like, Mike Young. I think Mike well, coached there one year. It was uh, the owner, or I guess now the former owner of the Carolina Panthers, basically, basically built it for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, it's a neat place. Um, Those small arenas in basketball can be fantastic. Well, I don't know if you consider the Siegel Center one, but I tell you what, uh, you it is um, 
an incredible atmosphere, a VCU home basketball game. I've been there for high school state championship games, but not a VCU game. I, it is uh, it is an – because you're – I mean, you're right on top of the court. Yeah. I mean, like, we say that about Castle. No, like, I mean, I've the never stands been. are right here to the court. I've – I've uh... It's loud. I've never been in the Siegel Center. I've actually been in the Richmond Coliseum before. Yeah. Not for a basketball game. You know they're closed down it, right now. Yeah. Richmond Coliseum, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's seen better days. Here's a, here's a well, not a trivia question, but here's a fun fact. I own the old Metro Conference banner that used to hang in the Richmond Coliseum. That is trivial. That is awesome. You got to tweet out a picture. Of you that. should tweet that. Out. I don't even know where it is. It's I'll tweet out a picture. Don't, don't you have old old seats from Castle? I do. Yeah, I do. Like two of them. So you tweet yeah, that they're, out. They're, they're so heavy. I think it might be three of them because they're like the old seats in Castle. Well, they were the original seats, right? Put in there in the sixties. Yeah. So it's, th- this it. isn't a new style seat where it's an individual seat. They're all welded together, metal. Metal. So. You want one? You can't have one seat in Castle Coliseum because it's like three of them that are all welded together. Yeah. Oh man, those things are heavy. Like I had to get help to to, <laughs> to, to put them in, in, in to take into my house. Yeah. It's crazy. What a great show today! Yeah, Brian Wofford is the best arena in basketball outside of Power Five. I haven't been there, so I can't it's, comment. It's, but it's it's neat. Saw pictures of it. It's yeah. I, I don't know Finkel, Hinkle, 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 and Hinkle. I'm, think, I'm channeling. Uh, uh, Ace Ventura pet detective when I say Finkel. You're seeing a lot of... Uh, I'm talking about Hinkle Fieldhouse is pretty cool. You're seeing a lot of these small schools making really good investments in their basketball arenas. JMU's got a brand, a brand, new, yeah, brand yeah. new one, a modern one uh, that I think they can leverage Liberty's financially. Nice. William & Mary's new basketball. Cap William & Mary's never made an NCAA tournament, I believe. But, but They're one of like eight schools who have yeah, never yeah, done it. But uh, they've come close a couple times recently. But uh, their new basketball arena is really, really nice. And, and the Wofford one, if, if, you, if you look it up, it was $43 million to build four years ago. Hmm. And seats something like thirty five hundred. So, so, so right now, Virginia Tech has the least modern basketball arena in the in, state of Virginia. In the state of Virginia, <clears throat> by a mile, except for like you know Norfolk State or somebody like that. I guess who made the tournament, by the way, who did make the tournament. Seed. Congratulations to them. Huh. Um, but that's coming, of course. That that's that's ne- the next thing on the docket for Virginia Tech. Supposedly. So I wonder if they'll show us pictures ahead of time or just break ground. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's, that's know, a whole other topic. Yeah. Anyway. Well, what a great show. Hour 40 minutes in as its headline, Hokies headed to historic Henkel NCAA tournament. Virginia Tech women's basketball. Boy, that gets started this week too, I believe. Correct? Or is that uh, next week? I need to look. They're coming up regardless. It normally starts a few days after the, re- the I, I would think they're going to so. announce the seedings today and start start on Thursday or so Friday. So you've got men's and women's basketball, likely, of course, on the women's side, headed to the NCAA tournament. Baseball and softball in the top 25. Men's and women's soccer in action. Men's and women's tennis. Volleyball. Uh, wrestling championships. I mean, a plethora of Virginia Tech athletics going on here. It's uh, March Madness, literally and figuratively. And we've got everybody covered here at Tech Sideline. Be sure to follow us at Tech Sideline on Twitter. Will Stewart's on Twitter at Will Stewart TSL. Chris on Twitter at Chris Coleman TSL. Chris, um, how will we cover the game? And for those that want to follow on Tech Sideline's coverage of the first-round game on Friday, how can they do so? Boy, I hadn't thought it through yet, Evan. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Monday. Uh, well, you know, Jake, Jake will write a preview for us. I'm actually going to submit a, a request for press access. 
But the weird thing is, I don't know if I want it because there's so much going on. I don't know if I want to be all the way in Indianapolis just watching one part of what's going on. I also want to be able to pay attention to the the women's tournament, wrestling. Wrestling is, like I said, it's tough to keep track of everything. And we don't have a writing wrestler. I've kind of wound up as a de facto writing wrestler. So so, I don't know. I don't know if I actually want to go all the way in in, in Indianapolis because I'll be missing other things. Aren't you glad you said that live? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. It is what it is. We'll see how it shakes so, out. So, we'll, we'll see. I know we'll have a Brandon Patterson article this week. Uh, he wrote one uh, about the new weight room. And uh, yeah. it's one thing I need to get cleared up with him about the article, and then, then we'll run it. Um, By the way, yeah, I've, I've seen his article about the new weight room. It's, it's, it's good. It's yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it is. And I will have... You know, I was going to get started on my PFF series again, but I, instead I might do the inside of the numbers on the seeding stuff that I talked about yeah, earlier. I think like, a fascinating well, read. Yeah, like uh, Virginia Tech's a 10 seed because they only have two Quadrant 1 wins, right? And here's what all the other seeds have, all the seeds ahead, ahead of Virginia Tech. And I, I bet my, my guess is after I do that research and I put that in there, you'll see why Virginia Tech is a, is a 10 seed. If you understand that that's the main criteria the NCAA tournament uses for in the selection process. All right, y'all. What a good show. It's the best time of the year. It's March Madness. Yeah, this is a long one. Hour and 45 minutes. But um, we're off and running. Great week. TechSideline.com is the place to go at t- uh, TechSideline on Twitter. And be sure to like and subscribe. And subscribe. And, and thanks to DraftKings for entering into the sponsorship. And remember that promo code TSL. Promo code TSL, all caps, TSL. All right, that'll do it. Episode 171 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. For the best podcast producer in the land, Malcolm Stewart on the podcast set, our managing editor, Chris Coleman, our founder and general manager, Will Stewart. I'm Evan Hughes saying so long. Thanks so much for watching and listening to episode 171 of the Tech Sideline Podcast presented by Campus Emporium, Anytime Fitness, Giraffe Kings, and the Southeast Regional Training Center. Have a great week, Hokies, and we'll be back on Monday to break down the second and third rounds of the NCAA tournaments.